What is up, guys? And welcome back to the Montreal Madness Podcast with yours truly, Tony Montreal. So I don't know about all you guys, but I cannot believe that the NFL draft is already here. You know, starting tomorrow and Thursday, you know, we'll be starting the first round of the draft to officially kick off the 2021 NFL season. And for this Pittsburgh Steelers, I really believe that this is going to be a make or break uh, draft as far as the future for the organization is concerned. You know, I I believe that this will be Ben Roethlisberger's final year with the Steelers. I think at the end of the year, he's going to retire. And, you know, the Steelers are not to start fresh. They're not to start rebuilding. So why not try to do that this year? You know, in free agency, you know, they brought back Vince Williams. They brought back Tyson Alu-Alu. They brought back uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, so this is essentially um, the same team that we saw last year. But we all know how that season turned out. You know, they got off to a really hot start. Um, they fooled a lot of people like me into believing that they were a legitimate contender. And, you know, in today's NFL, your team only goes as far as your quarterback takes you. you know, that's just that's just the NFL today. You know, it's not like it was in the early 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, whatever. You know, you can't win it solely based on a running game and a dominant defense. You have to have a quarterback that can put up points and that can lead the team uh, to wins and championships. Ben Roethlisberger, unfortunately, proved to us last year that he could not do that. You know, he he's old. He's 38 years old. You know, he's had multiple injuries throughout the course of his career, very serious injuries, um, not including an emergency appendectomy and him almost killed himself on his motorcycle back in 2006. So he's gone through a lot of shit in his career as far as his body is concerned. And I think it's finally just taken its toll on him to where he just can't perform the way he used to back in his prime. Nevertheless, the Steelers decided to bring him back for just one more year. And, you know, I get the reason why they did it. But after seeing what he did last year and what the team did last year, they're not winning a Super Bowl this year. It's just, that's just reality. Ben's not good enough, and his supporting cast around him isn't good enough to elevate his game to at least above average. You know, Ben, the last, you know, the last half of last year was below, was it a below average quarterback? Uh, just statistically speaking, he was a below average quarterback down the stretch. And once teams figured out, you know, hey, Ben's getting the ball out of his hands before that that three second clock goes off. He's taking three step a three step drop back. He's getting the ball out of there as soon as he can. So as soon as defenses opposing defenses started playing the flat, those little short crossers, slant patterns, screens, whatever, you know Ben. You know if they took that away, that offense goes away. And for as good as that defense, the Steelers' defense was last year, and even the year before, you know that you know the past two years, the Steelers' defense has been the best I've seen since 2008 when they actually won the Super Bowl. Um, but defense cannot win championships on their own anymore. It's just the way it is. The game's too fast. You know, on offense, skill position guys are just too skilled for defenders to consistently stop those guys. 
and just I, I don't I don't understand why the Steelers organization, especially at the top, like Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, they don't seem to understand that. They keep on wanting to live in the past where, oh, you know what? Ben's going to come back this year. He's going to rekindle that magic like he had, you know, a decade or so ago, and he's going to bring us back another Super Bowl before he, before he, before he retires. No, that's not going to happen. So that's why I truly believe, even though the Steelers are in a win-now mindset, they need to draft like they're drafting for the future. And that doesn't necessarily mean drafting a quarterback, but they need to draft a big offensive lineman, you know, a multiple offensive lineman. You know, they definitely need a center. I would want to have a guard, too, because DeCastro, he's getting up there in age as well. He's pushing 30. I don't think he's going to be in the Steelers roster too much longer after too many years. So they need a center. They definitely need a guard. What about another tackle? Because both their tackles are essentially rookies with Zach Banner and that um, Akua for. So there you have two rookies on the on the, on the tackle position, inexperienced guys. And, you know, like I said, your only good offensive lineman right now is DeCastro, but he's aging. So the Steelers need help on the offensive line. Okay? They don't need a freaking running back like Najee Harris. Okay? Now I get it. Najee Harris, he is a very good, talented running back coming out of Alabama. And, you know, if I, you know, if the Steelers were in a position where, like, let's say they're like the Bills, you know, a Josh Allen, you know, sort of quarterback, he's up and coming, just had a really good year last year, they can afford to draft a running back like Najee Harris in the first round. The Steelers don't have that luxury. You know, they need to start drafting and planning for life without Ben Roethlisberger. So they need to set up an offensive line that will Hold that will hold the line whenever they do bring a new quarterback in, whether it be Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. God, I, I mean, I hope it's not Dwayne Haskins, but you know, I've seen weirder crap happen. Or, you know, like I said, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, or someone, you know, they draft somebody. Regardless, they need a very good offensive line for a young quarterback to develop properly. You know, look at Sam Darnold, very talented quarterback out of USC. He even put up some pretty decent numbers with the Jets, but his development has, you know, hit a stint because that offensive line for the Jets was garbage. You know, you cannot properly develop a quarterback without a really good offensive line. So not only do you need, you know, to draft some linemen for this year to help, you know, keep Big Ben upright and for him to possibly hold on to the ball for longer than three seconds, they need a good offensive line for whenever they put their new quarterback in to develop that quarterback properly. You know, you cannot develop a quarterback if he's constantly getting hit in the backfield, getting sacked 40 or 50 times a year. You, you can't do it. It's fit, it's basically impossible to properly develop a quarterback if you have a shitty offensive line. So the Steelers, as good as Najee Harris is, as far, you know, as good as good and talented as he is, if they draft Najee Harris, that is going to set the Steelers back four or five years. And here's why. Because the Steelers, every time they draft a running back, they don't last any more than five years. The longest tenured running back on the Steelers since 2007 has been Rashard Mendenhall. Even Le'Veon Bell didn't even last five years with the Steelers. Because remember, he sat out that last year. So Teching only played for four, four and a half years. So whenever the Steelers draft a running back, they don't keep him for any longer than five years. So why bother drafting a running back in the first round when you can get a very good, you know, center and like uh, Landon Dickerson from Alabama 
And he was probably the best center in the draft, but because of an ACL tear uh, during one of their bowl games last year in the in the um, college football playoff, you know his his um, draft stock is going to drop down. So the Steelers could potentially get him. And although they are taking a risk with that ACL injury, he will be another Marquise Pouncey. I guarantee you. And you know what? I know Marquise Pouncey had his injury problems as a Steeler. You know, you know, go even going back to his rookie year, whenever he had a you know a torn um, ACL or whatever it was, he missed the whole season following his rookie year. I mean, however, though, for the production that Marquise Pouncey put on the field, if I had to do it all over again, knowing that Marquise Pouncey will get injured time after time again, I would still take him because he is that good. And that's what that's who Landon Dickerson reminds me. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm targeting him at number 24. But I'm hearing all these reports out here that the Steelers are just so gung-ho on Najee Harris. It just, I, I don't get, I don't understand the thinking and the process behind behind drafting a running back in the first round. Whenever one, if you don't have an offensive line to run behind, I don't care who you are. You're not going to produce any uh, rushing yard. Just look at Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Really talented running back. Probably one of the most talented running backs in the league right now. But week one against the Steelers last year, he had, what, 11 total yards rushing and seven of those, um, actually seven carries were either behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage where he got tackled. So I don't care how talented running back you are. If you don't have an offensive line to run behind, you're not going to get many rushing yards. You know, so, you know, the Steelers need to draft the big guys up front, offensive linemen. Honestly, I'd be satisfied if they went offensive line the first two or even three rounds. I would not mind that at all because then you're setting up, you're setting yourself up for the future then whenever you, whenever Ben does leave, whenever you do let him go and you bring in a new quarterback or, you, or you're sticking with uh, Mason or Haskins. You know, you need an offensive line to properly develop those guys, those young quarterbacks, if you want them to succeed. And, you know, the last thing the Steelers need, besides for running back, is a freaking edge rusher. I've heard reports that they're looking at an edge rusher in the first round. My God, they don't need an edge rusher. They're fine. The only thing they need on defense is a safety and multiple defensive backs. So if the Steelers, if their whole entire draft class was nothing but offensive linemen and defensive backs, I would be A-okay with that. Because in order to win in today's NFL, you have to have three things. One, you have to have a quarterback, obviously. Number two, you have to have a really good offensive line to not only pass protect, but to open up holes for the running game. And three, you have to have a good secondary. You have to have a good secondary because everybody passes the ball in this league now. That and edge rushers too. But the Steelers already have that with TJ Watt. They don't need any more edge rushers. What the Steelers need is a quarterback, offensive lineman, and defensive backs. But I wouldn't even worry about drafting a quarterback this year. You know, you have really good top-end quarterback talent with like Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I wouldn't even go Mac Jones. I don't think he's that talented. But Justin Fields, um, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's going to excel in the NFL. Especially since a lot of teams are now utilizing um, a lot of quarterbacks' mobility. And to keep a defense guessing and doing that read option play. So I think Justin Fields is going to excel in the NFL. But obviously, he's not going to fall back to the Steelers. So a lot of the top-end quarterback talent is going to be taken from the first five or ten picks. So Steelers won't have that luxury. 
And outside of that, no quarterback in this draft class is honestly worth taking a, um, a shot at, especially since you already have a pretty backed up um, depth at quarterback with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So I don't think you even need to draft a quarterback this year. You do that next year or the year after that. Personally, I would want to see the Steelers tank for the next two or three years, get a top five draft pick for two or three years consecutively, finally get that you know, heir to the throne to Ben Roethlisberger, and then start really rebuilding your team from there. But the Steelers won't do that. And for the life of me, I don't know why they won't do that. Maybe they've been spoiled too much for the past, you know, decade and a half or so of Ben Roethlisberger. They don't know how to do it anymore. But that's what they need to do. They need to start preparing for the future after Ben. Because, you know, they're still thinking, at least for this year, that they still have a chance to win a Super Bowl, that they're a contender. And they're not. Ben showed you last year that he can't do it in crunch time by the time December rolls around. He faded so bad last year. Mitchell Trubisky had a better quarterback rating than Ben Roethlisberger in November and December. Mitchell Trubisky played better than Ben Roethlisberger the last two months of the season. Ben had four picks against Cleveland in the playoff game where they got blown out. I don't care that he threw for 500, 600 yards in, in, in that game because it was all dink and dunk and the Cleveland is playing defense for three quarters because they are up 28-0 after the first 15 minutes. Ben's done. He's washed up. I would have let him go at this offseason. As soon as their season was over, I would have said, thank you, Ben, for all the years here, but we need to start thinking about the organization and how to build for the future. Sayonara. See you later. Thanks for the memories. But no, they still believe Ben can get it done when he proved to you that he couldn't. And it's not like Ben Roethlisberger. He's like, you know what? I'm, you know, a little bit out of shape. I should have been in better shape coming in the last year, but I wasn't. So I'm going to do all I can do to get in the best shape of my life going into my last, most likely my last year at the Steelers and the NFL. But he doesn't do that. That's not Ben. His diet is hot dogs and beer like Babe Ruth. You know, he thinks his arm is just that good to where he can make up for being a little bit overweight and, you know, slow as molasses. But he, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't work out or anything like that. He doesn't take care of his body like he should. And this is the result that you get. So the Steelers, they need to go heavy on the offensive line in this draft. They need to go heavy on the defensive backfield in this draft. Maybe... Maybe a running back in the third or fourth round, like a Trey Sermon from Ohio State. You know, I, you know, watching him last year, he was a really good running back, and he's projected to be in the third or fourth round. So I would not, you know, I I wouldn't mind taking a shot on him, shot on that Trey Sermon, if he was available in the third round. But if not, I wouldn't even worry about a running back. You know, you have Snell and you drafted McFarland last year. You know, you don't, if you have a good offensive line, those two guys right there, they can run through those holes. You know, they're, they're not bad running backs. Um, they're just not great. They're, they're a little bit average to below average. But if you have a decent offensive line, you can make that average to below average running back and turn them into a decent running back just by creating a hole for them. That's what the Steelers need to do. But sadly, I don't think they will, but that's what they need to do. So tomorrow we'll all find out what the Steelers' first round draft choice will be. I believe that the Steelers, if Najee Harris is available, they will take him. But that is the wrong move, in my opinion. So it's just a waiting game until then.
So from one Pittsburgh team to another, raise your hand if you think the Pirates would be 12 and 11 at this point in the year. I know it's really early, but being 12 and 11 after being widely predicted as the worst team in Major League Baseball this year, everybody thought they'd be dead last. Every betting website had the worst odds than to win the World Series this year. But somehow they're 12 and 11 and they just beat the best team in the MLB yesterday in the Kansas City Royals with a 2 to 1 win. I mean, I even went to one of their games just a couple Saturdays ago with a few of my buddies. And I could not believe the way they played against the Cubs that one evening. Um, they scored seven runs in the second inning alone. They won eight to two. They had a really good outing from Brubaker, who, by the way, is already emerging himself as the number one ace on that Pirates starting rotation. And, you know, I mean, the Pirates are just doing everything really good right now. I mean, from pitching to hitting to fielding to everything in between, they look like a really, really good baseball club right now. Now, I'm not saying that this team is going to win the division and they're going to make it to the playoffs and everything. No, I don't think they're a playoff team as of right now. I still don't think that. I think they're playing a little bit above where they should be right now, playing a little bit over their heads. But I think this can be a 70 to 80 win uh, ball club this year. They can at least make 500 this year. I see no reason why they can't do that if they keep playing like this. And I really think that one series they had against the Reds a month ago where they got destroyed like 24 to 5 in like two or three games um, against the Reds. They could have easily from that point on be like, yep, this is the way it's going to go all year for us, um, you know, just after this series. We're not finished dead last. We're, let's just pack it in right now. You know, let's just, you know, hey, everybody was right about us. You know, we're awful and everything. You know, that was a real turning point for the Pirates. They could have easily packed it in, be like, you know what? You know, all the reporters and everything were right about us and everything. But no, they turned it around. And ever since that series, they're 9-4. and four, And they've looked really good since then. They're getting a lot of good hitting, especially from the top of their order. Their pitching, like I said, is coming around with Brew Baker um, and a couple other guys. You know, they're looking really good. Um, Chad Cool still off some question marks about him. He was their opening day starter. Don't like him. I think he's just erratic. I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. Uh, nevertheless, though, um, if they can, you know, if their top four or five in the lineup can keep producing at this rate and maybe just maybe get some contributions from their bottom half of the lineup. I see, like I said, I see no reason why this team can't be a 70 to 80 win team. Now, obviously, it's a long year. I've seen stretches of the Pirates before in past years where they're really good until the All Star break. They're around 500. Then all of a sudden, they collapse. So it wouldn't surprise me that happened again. But this team, I don't know. They just, they just look different. They just have like almost like a swagger to them. Where it's like they're just playing for fun. They're loose. It's like they have no expectations. They're just going out having fun and playing. And they're playing really well. Like I said, the past 13 games, they're 9-4. and four. They're looking really good. So I think if they just keep this mentality, you know, keep it like, you know, hey, we have no expectations for this year. Everybody wrote us off at the beginning of the year to finish dead last in, in the league. So you know what? Just, just keep playing like this. Keep having fun out there, guys. You know, no expectations. Um... You know, if they keep doing that, I see no reason why this team at the end of the year 
can't be a 70 to 80 win ball club. And who knows? I mean, maybe if they get hot enough after the All-Star break and they're right around maybe five or six games back of first place in the division, you might see the Pirates actually going out and getting somebody you know, via trade or whatever. I mean, keep in mind that their GM now uh, used to be the GM for the Red Sox. So he knows what he's doing. Um, he's won a World Series before. So it's like, you know, who knows what they do? As of right now, I'm just, you know, basking this all in right now as a Pirates fan. You know, they're looking really good right now. Who's to say next week or even, hell, maybe even today when they play the Royals again, they'll get stomped 10-0. Who knows? But as a Pirates fan, just enjoy this right now. They're looking really good. Don't have I don't have any expectations of the Pirates this year. I just think that if they keep playing the way they do, they keep getting, if their pitching doesn't really fall off a cliff, I think the Pirates will be okay. I, I really do believe that. But the, 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 the key thing, though, is their pitching. You know, they they showed at the, at, right at the start of the year that their pitching was really shaky, and that's the reason why they were like, you know, four games, four or five games below 500 right off the bat. But as soon as their pitching started clicking again with the likes of Brubaker and Rodriguez and all them, like especially those reliever guys, that the team started winning. So I believe it all goes, it all starts with their with their pitching ability. And then the bats will just naturally come. Because they have some pretty good hitters. Adam Frazier leading the team in batting averages. He has, I think he's batting 295 right now. Evans, he's um he has, I think, four or five homers in a year leading the team right now. He's hitting like 260, 270. Um, so they're bats. I don't think uh, their hitting will be an, a really big issue this year. You know, they're right at the league average right now. I think they have a um, overall a 240 some batting average as a team, which is which is for the Pirates standards, which is, is really, really good. So yeah, I hope the Pirates can keep up this momentum. And in my opinion, as long as they don't run into a lengthy losing streak where they lose like six or seven consecutive games, you know, losing um, nine of 11 during a stretch or whatever, if they can avoid doing that, this team will be okay. So we'll just see how it all plays out as the year progresses, as we move into June and July and in the hot summer months of the year. Um, but right now, Pirates looking really good. No complaints from this guy right here talking. And we'll just see how it goes uh, down the stretch of the season. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of Montreal Madness. I want to thank all of you for giving me a listen out of your busy day. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. Give me a follow on Facebook and on Twitter at Montreal Madness. And until next time, have a good one.